0: What is still on? the virus. Report suspicious activity in the call. 9 <laughs>
1: Howdy, folks, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad. We're a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were. God, I I tried to do that in a whole breath. (laughs) And raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We are your hosts, Woody Brown. And Tyler Bentz. I'm changing. It's been, I feel like it's been so long, I don't even know what to do. Yo, dude, I'm so lost. Can I just be honest for a quick second and say that the last... Hey, man, we're in the like, trust. It's been a month now. And it the last three, four weeks has felt like ten years has passed. Boy, has it ever. And look, I don't want to spend a ton of time, because we don't have it. Nope. I don't want to spend a ton of time complaining about what's going on. But I think it's important that we kind of just give the listeners a little bit of a heads up Mm -hmm. so all joking aside tyler and i both have just been dealing with an insane amount of just well our families needed it's a real
2: show around here
1: yeah um one of my loved ones uh was very unhealthy and unexpectedly uh came to live with my family and i and in my opinion should not have been discharged from the hospital uh, where he was, mm-hmm. he should have been transferred to a like a um, a facility where they could do like occupational therapy and physical. Th- and all. He had a lot of medical needs that, in the end of the day, turned out now admitted to uh, the intensive care unit. So, mm. I don't want to start everybody's week with a big gut punch, but the truth of the matter is, you know, Talon and I both we were just talking right before we pressed the record button that. One of the things that matters a lot to us, you know, outside of just, you know, being there, you know, for our family and stuff is is maintaining consistency with our show. And so you have to know, listener, if we aren't here a week, then something real serious is happening. It's nothing that we take super lightly and stuff. So both of us have just been going through the gauntlet of, you know, just being there for our families and it's so weird that it all happened at the same time for both of us you know oh
2: yeah yeah
1: so yeah i mean
2: you know not uh, again not to get like super detailed but i mean literally all this is happening on woody's end and what's funny is i didn't i had so much kind of going on on my Mm -hmm. end like my Mm -hmm. you know long story short we had this crazy stomach virus we all get sick you know the whole throwing up for 24 hours thing and it sort of hits us like stair steps and so my youngest, Elliot, while she had this stomach virus, uh, unbeknownst to us, she also had a double ear infection, pink eye, which hmm. I had no idea no about that. And then they thought she, when we took her to urgent care, they thought she had this thing called Kawasaki disease, uh, mm. which i had never heard of, but apparently it's like mm-hmm. really intense for yeah. little ones. So we take her to the hospital. She goes to the hospital. By the way, thank you so much. For all our friends and family out there, for sending like good thoughts and prayers and yeah. kind words, it really helps in those times. Especially, there's just something especially about like when your kid is going through this because you feel yeah. so helpless. And so, fortunately, thank God, she only had this thing called the adenovirus, another thing that I'd never heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets to come home, which is great. And then, because my wife took her to. Uh, the Eggleston Child Healthcare, she ends up now getting this weird offshoot of the adenovirus thing in, like, her eye, and, like, and apparently you can, like, go blind from it. Her whole face, like, Sheesh. swells up. It's horrible. And then it goes into the other eye, and it's just... Then I get sick. And it's just, like, nonstop. Yeah. So... But I think we're back. Yeah, and, and so it's, like, we didn't even have a
1: chance because so many things happen at once. We didn't even have the chance really to, like, update each other. Yeah. It was just, like, both of us kind of just... Had to check in with one mm-hmm. another, and it was like, "Whoa, this is going on! What? What's this? Oh my gosh!" You know. Yeah. And so it's we're dealing with family emergencies, and we are still kind of in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. So in between going to visit uh, my family member in the ICU and stuff, we we wanted to kind of sit down and you know talk to you guys, and because uh, believe it or not, you know, there's a lot of different ways to kind of cope with things that you're going through. Luckily, today we kind of have a a quick second to sit in this i mean this is literally like we're shooting from the hip this is kind of like the uh the terminology like we're recording this the day before it's going to be released which we never do and uh we had just a quick second everything sort of lined up and so um i thought what we would do is talk about this interesting article that i read that came out this week mm-hmm. while i was just sitting there in the icu this popped onto my radar, and I thought, hmm, and I kind of filed it away as something to talk about on the show, and uh, here we are. Hey, hey,
2: real quick, pal. I know that we talk a lot about being, like, committed, but I mean, I mean, did you not just want to, like, bust out an episode in the ICU? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, not really. (laughs) Um, All right, man. I don't know if you saw
1: this. I saw this headline, and I thought, what is this person talking about? Now, one thing that we've talked frequently on the show about, and as everyone who starts to listen to our show and has been listening to our show for any amount of time will know I'm a fan of time travel. I oh, just yeah. love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of time travelers. And here recently, you know, we talked about John Teeter again, thanks to our listener story submissions. Yeah, And we've talked about that kind of stuff. So one thing that we noticed over the last year or so is there's this like, I guess like there are a couple of ta- quote unquote time travelers currently on the internet, on various platforms, mm-hmm. is saying that they're time travelers, and there's a couple of different sort of mysterious avenues and things that are happening that we want to talk about on the show. But and so I'm not sure if this one is the one that is kind of famous on this platform on TikTok. I don't. But apparently, I don't have TikTok. Do you? Yeah, I don't. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we we have it. That would be rad TikTok that I started a while back, mm-hmm. but I just don't even do anything it's like you know all of our millennials out there are like okay boomer
2: (laughs) yeah i know right
1: okay so here the article and by the way guys again today's episode is going to be not as long as a typical episode but we just wanted to jump in while we could Mm -hmm. and kind of talk about something interesting and kind of update y'all on what's been going on with us yeah so here's the title of the article time traveler claims hostile aliens are coming to take back earth Okay. Wow. It was published March twenty fourth, twenty twenty
2: three. Now, now, real quick, just to, just to uh, just so oh, I'm not like just to interrupt, <laughs> uh, just to interrupt. We got
1: plenty of time for that. No, okay. no, no, no.
2: Uh, but I do need like to to sort of like set the stage. Is this an account that like has been around for a while and like claims to be a time traveler? I'll be honest with you. All I read was the headline. Oh, okay. 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 So I'm learning just as you are.
1: So let's do it together. Yeah. How's that? Sound? Okay, pal. I can do without the attitude. (laughs) It says, It was close encounters of the absurd kind. A self-proclaimed time traveler who warned of an alien invasion claims that said extraterrestrials have, wait for it, arrived on Earth yesterday Mm -hmm. and abducted 8,000 Earthlings. A video depicting the supposed dystopian announcement has amassed 161,000 views, not as many as I thought it would, mm-hmm. as well as ridicule from viewers who wondered if he was 1.21 gigawatts short of a DeLorean. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Clever. Yep. Okay, let's see. It says, The champion has arrived to bring 8,000 people to another planet, declared Eno Alaric, known as the Radiant Time Traveler, in the clip posted on March 23, 2023. The so-called interdimensional Voyager, who claims to be from the year 2671, frequently posts his apocalyptic forecast to his 400,000 TikTok followers. His latest vision for Armageddon, which he'd been foretelling for months in various clips, warns of very hostile alien species known as the Distance that are coming back, or I'm sorry, coming to take back the Earth. It's a fight we will not win, he says for one of the many videos which feature trippy cosmic imagery and are set to epic music worthy of a Roland Emmerich disaster film. Thankfully, Alaric predicted that another alien dubbed the Champion, whose world was destroyed by the hostiles, would save some of us from Judgment Day. No word as to whether its spaceship plays the iconic Queen anthem upon arrival.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: On March twenty third, 2023, about 8,000 people will be taken to another Habitable. planet. Habitable. 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 I think God. it's habitable. Habitable planet. Boy, that's a weird. Uh, hold on.
2: <laughs> people will be taken to another habitable planet. Habitable. What is it? I don't know. It all sounds wrong now, though. Uh,
1: yeah, another habitable planet. Yeah, about eight thousand people will be taken <laughs> to another habitable planet. I said it right. Yeah, you did. the time traveler claims. Lo and behold, the UF Oracle, this, the, you know, first, hold on, pause this. The guy that's writing this article has such an attitude, and <laughs> He's like making fun of this dude like crazy, but it's pretty funny. Anyways, it says, in the aforementioned video from yesterday, the forecaster claimed that our intergalactic guardian angel had touched down at 2 p.m. to select the Elite 8000. The champ then left at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time that same day, around 10 minutes before the video went live, to embark on their mission, according to Alaric. The 8,000 have a long journey ahead of them in about four years since the champion can travel faster than light. Of course, this is per, for the clip, all right? Mm-hmm. It's unclear which individuals made the cut, however. Alaric claims that the champions were looking for the best engineers, scientists, doctors, and leaders for their interstellar, Noah's Ark. These 8,000 people are what keep the human species alive from inside and outside threats. Mankind is a threat to itself in many, many ways, such as fighting and causing the first nuclear winter. Although this space force better be prepared as the distance who own Earth and erected the pyramids of Giza to prove this, hypothesized Alaric, touched down in 2024, per the clip. A lot of... it's not. Despite his cataclysmic vision... The perennial doomsayer er, doomsayer told Earthlings not to worry. He said, I want you all to know that you are safe, assured Alaric. I am trying to warn you you all of what's to come. Hmm. Go figure. He made many viewers want to time travel back to before they watched the video. (laughs) Hmm. Tomorrow he's going to have to explain why they didn't come, scoffed one naysayer. Another skeptic quipped, Please let me know the lottery combinations ASAP, time traveler. One wondered why the champion left Alaric behind, given his spot-on prediction. This is far from Alaric's first forecast for the apocalypse. Recent predictions have included everything from a 750-foot mega tsunami devastating San Francisco in May to a group of teenagers discovering a T-Rex egg and a portal to other universes in Texas in July. Whoa. That's cool. And that's the article, huh? What? Yeah, that's not
2: really a good, uh, yeah, not a real good end to the, uh, article there. No, I I mean, I thought we were like just getting started.
1: Yeah. No, so apparently this guy has made a lot of predictions and I've kind of heard, I don't know if he is the one that I've heard of that's the quote unquote TikTok time traveler. But like we talked about in the, uh, in the episode with the listener stories, and I think that's, uh, season three, episode eight, just a couple of weeks ago, you know, There's the John Teeter Instagram account that we've seen. Mm -hmm. There are other kind of. um, Remember, there's that. I think she's Brazilian lady that was on TikTok that claims that she can speak alien languages.
2: Yeah, I kind of call BS on her. Oh yeah. As much as I, I, it's so weird because I feel like I've, I'm like true believer, but there's so much of this that like, there's something about like when it's, when it's, like on like social media that like and I don't really know why because like if you think of it you know sort of logically like you know it's like I believe in John Teeter like totally and yeah. you know those were all just sort of like forum responses and and like faxes and stuff to the Art Bell show but there's something yeah. like for some reason there's like this this like any new social media like especially like TikTok it casts this like different kind of like shadow of doubt on stuff that yeah just because everybody's like trying to go viral and like mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just ridiculous yeah man there's like zero barrier
1: of entry you know yeah. um, but it makes sense can,
2: though logically like
1: that someone mm-hmm. would be you know they're not going like, to yeah, tap into a mass communication right. source of mass communication yeah sure yeah yeah that, i mean that's the sure. way to do it you know yeah that's know. what i mean that's why they call it social media because you can interact and and all that there it is yeah, that was the advertisement given to you by someone in their 40s. Um, so anyways, I thought that was super interesting. You know, a lot of these articles kind of pop in. It's interesting that the the, the beams of blue mm-hmm. have kind of calmed down a little bit uh, since what felt like, you know, if this was the early 1900s or late 1800s or mm-hmm. 1700s, what we would call like a flap of things happening, but that all kind of calmed down. mm mm-hmm. You know, I don't know hmm. if you were a time traveler, <clears throat> let's say you traveled, I don't know, back to see, that's the thing too, man, like future time travelers that would come to this time, our time, our time down here, <laughs> um, our <time. laughs> would, I feel like they're a lot luckier than somebody that would just like pop into 1960. You know, like, you really, although you could be more, if you had the right clothing, like the Men in Black, I guess, mm-hmm. you would be more anonymous or, e- you know, you could be more anonymous, mm-hmm. potentially. But, like, communication-wise, you can't really do a whole lot, you know. You're limited. Travel is limited, yeah. you know. So, um, so so he's saying... Uh, he's saying that, like, 8,000 people are going to be taking, taken away from Earth mm-hmm. by this guy or alien person dubbed the champion. Yeah. Now, this sounds like something straight out of Dragon Ball. I mean, we'll the, the, get to that. And someday. that's the
2: problem with, with this one. Like, as cool as it sounds, it's almost like it's almost like too cool mm-hmm. to sound like it wasn't yeah, yeah. written, you know? Like, I, right. I like right. the, the, the The bad aliens are called the distance. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. But maybe a little too awesome. Right. Um, it sounds like somebody's been reading too many manga. Mm-hmm. All right, dude. So I know that we don't have a ton of time. Um, yeah. But I got a little something I want to bring up. Let's, mm. let's take a break first. And then when we get back, we'll get into it. Oh, cool.
0: After these messages will be right.
2: pretty good cool place if you're a Martian.
0: Or, or a vampire i think you really know what's happening around here, don't you are anyone out there wrong? we're fighters for truth
2: justice and the american world. hey this is woody and this is tyler and you're listening to that would be rad and now back to our show Okay, so, uh, do you know, does this date uh, sound familiar to you? Uh, August 23rd, 1974. Man, it does, but I don't know, I'm not sure why. Okay, okay. Um, Does the term, The Lost Weekend, ring any bells? No, but it sounds cool as heck. Yeah, it does sound cool. Well, I had several of those in college. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I've had several (laughs) of those too. Okay, so what I'm talking about is this sort of iconic weekend called The Lost Weekend where one of your favorites, one of my favorites, John Lennon, went off to New York, took a weekend away from his horrible, horrible soon-to-be wife, Yoko Ono, uh, and hung out with his assistant, May Pang. Does Hmm. this sound familiar to you? It does a little bit, yeah. What's funny is I I had always heard about this, but I didn't realize that, like— the whole, that everybody made such a big deal about it. Like so much so that it was called The Lost Weekend just because like him and, and Yoko had split up. By the way, I am a huge uh, advocate for everyone who hates Yoko Ono. I'm not a fan of her at all. I think she is a talentless lady. Yeah. And I think she just, she got her hooks in old John Lennon and kind of ruined something. Anyway, on this Lost Weekend, that's none of that is important. The important part, and the thing that pertains to our show, is okay. this little uh, this little article Ooh, that I'm going to read. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. I was lying naked on my bed when I had this urge. He recalled Ooh. to Andy Warhol's interview. So I went to, and I guess that's Andy. Warhol's. I didn't know we were starting, and I got a little nervous. I got to be honest with you. I'm like, uh, where? Are well, you let, let me let me hit that again. I was lying naked on my bed when I had this urge. So I went to the window, just dreaming around in my usual poetic frame of mind. There, as I turned my head, hovering over the next building, no more than 100 feet away, was this thing with ordinary light bulbs flashing on and off around the bottom, one non-blinking red light on the top. Wow. Yeah. Though sober, Lennon made sure to call for May Pang in an attempt to confirm his beliefs. As I walked out onto the terrace, she said, My eye caught this large circular object coming toward us. It was shaped like a flattened cone, and on top was a large, brilliant red light. Not pulsating, as on any of the aircraft we'd see heading for landing at uh, Newark Airport. Adding, when it came a little closer, we could make out a row or circle of white lights that ran around the entire rim of the craft. These were also flashing on and off, there were so many of these lights that it was dazzling to the mind. The pair both took pictures with their Polaroid cameras, but they showed nothing. Hmm. It was an assertion that Lennon carried to his grave on the lower left-hand corner of the artwork for Walls and Bridges, the album, Lennon wrote on the 23rd of August, 1974, at 9 o'clock, I saw a UFO. Initialing the statement, but according to a, to a friend of Lennon's, Yuri Geller... Who is like a famous psychic uh, and sort of illusionist magician at the time, the Imagine Singer had a second encounter. Mm-hmm. So this is sort of part one of the whole thing. So he wakes up, goes out on the terrace. They're both naked. You know, they're having their super fun lost weekend. Just hippies, okay. Just, yeah, total hippies. They walk out on the terrace. They both see a UFO that's like 100 feet or 100 yards away it's so close they can see the lights rotating they say it's dazzling to the eyes and so what's weird about this is years later then then to the second but which already that's like pretty amazing and and it's so it made such an impact that like on the cover of his album walls and bridges you can see like he would do these sort of like sketches and and um and you know i mean it's kind of crude artwork or whatever but on that particular cover, you know, it, it does say on 23rd August 1974, nine o'clock, I saw a UFO. So, like, you know, that yeah. just shows like how sort of uh, prolific or, or not prolific, but like poignant that moment was for him to like put it on an album cover, you know? Yeah. Have you had you ever heard about any of this? No, I mean, I knew about like the, I remember there's like a moment in the,
1: uh, the Beatles Anthology, when they're talking about how they came up with the name The Beatles. And he kind of, in this interview, I think back in 1961, he kind of joked and said, yeah, this this man from a, a flaming pie in the sky came down and said, from this day forth, you shall be called The Beatles with an A. And so uh, even Paul McCartney, I think, had a solo album. Uh, hmm. I have it. It's not really that great, actually. But it came out, I think, in the early 2000s. That could be maybe 90s. I don't know. I just remember having in my collection called Flaming Pie as like a little kind of nod like a nod to that. Uh, and then, of course, Oasis had a song called Magic Pie, mm-hmm. where they kind of another nod. But anyhow, that's about as far as I go with the, you know, any kind of connection to what you just uh, yeah, said. Yeah,
2: so, so this was, I, I think a lot of, and see, this is, this is, you know, sort of where a lot of the contention that I have with Yoko Ono comes from is like, I feel like there was so much about John Lennon's life, you know, post Beatles breakup where Mm. he, you know, whether it be music or like his personal life, I feel like a lot of that was just sort of, you know, obviously like the super fans knew about it. But Mm. I think a lot of that stuff just kind of went under the radar. I mean, even, you know, a reported UFO sighting, you know, most people had never heard of yeah because of the whole yoko ono thing
1: yeah i mean i definitely feel like you know whenever i was younger i not to just completely steer this into reasons why we hate yoko but <laughs> whenever i was younger it was like the reason i didn't like her was simply just on the surface like eh, she broke up with the beatles you know mm-hmm. but kind of like growing up becoming more mature understanding relationships and stuff now it it, it's it there's so much even more to that like john lennon was still married when when his wife walked in on uh right john lennon and yoko ono just laying in bed and he's like oh okay yeah um there's that he didn't really um give his oldest son very much care after that because he was just focused on yoko and so julian lennon didn't really have a great father son relationship with his dad until you know much later mm-hmm. and that was part of the reason why i liked paul mccartney better because paul kind of like took him under his wing and and you know that kind Same. of thing and so like i had some resentment for yoko there but then at the end of the day too it's like you know uh, he was madly in love with her and i feel like she was a really controlling person yeah too like Same. i remember there's like footage where she's just like he gets asked a question, she whispers in his ear, he answers the question. And yeah, that so, was a lot of that actually. You know, you kind of wonder like I mean, was, I think that was like the like was that like the Dick Cavett show, there's that show that that happens. I mean, there's just tons, man. Yeah. And, and so like that always But kind but of, I
2: think I think on that particular one like every question he would not answer straight out. He would like wait and like yeah. listen to what she said and then he mm-hmm. would say it. Yeah. And I mean, it even took us like a long time to
1: allow our girlfriends when we were in the band and stuff to like watch a rehearsal or something, mm-hmm. you know, we'd be like, mm, you know, yeah, no, we got work to do,
2: you know? Well, and it it was also like one of the things too, that was weird. Cowboy. Was like, <laughs> Cowboy. <laughs> one of the funny, God, I mean, I know we're driving away from the dock here, but yeah. Can you please? we're on the or- dock for a second, you know? Yeah, I guess so. Can I tell the story, or can you tell the story about? I, mean, I don't really remember I don't think, as well as you, but tell okay, I, I'll tell the story. I'll, I'll, start,
1: the, I'll start the part where, I, the part I know, and then you can okay, kind of okay. fill in the blank here, because basically, yeah. like, Tyler and I, this was post-modern society, I, I mm-hmm. had this, like, small little two-bedroom apartment, and Tyler had come over, and we were writing songs that sort of under the sad project name, Southern Ghosts, which was a far departure of the stuff that we were doing in the modern society in our minds. We were like, you know, we don't even want to, you know, a guitar that plugs in, it's all going to be acoustic. We're going to really explore our folk roots and tell stories through that sort of microphone, essentially.
2: Right. And,
1: Mm -hmm. or through that lens, whatever. And, man, we wrote some really, really good stuff. And it was so fun because we stripped down, you know, a lot of times... And I mean, I'm, when I say a lot of times people do this, I'm certainly talking about myself, but a lot of times in music, you can kind of use technology as a crutch. And what I mean by that is the more sort of like effects and things that you have and stuff, sometimes depending on how you use it, you can use it to enhance some things and make the song cool and sound and different unique things. And that's awesome. But when, at, you know, at that time for me, it was like, I want to strip all that away and really kind of just focus on the story of the song and, like, you know, make that the the focal point. Not that any of our songs weren't that way before. It's just mm-hmm. that I wanted to try a different approach. We wanted to try a different approach.
2: Yeah. You know? Anyhow. Yeah, well, well and also let me say that um, for, I mean, at least for me personally, I feel like you and I both were kind of vibing on this for a while, but like, you know like i've said 100,000 times on the show you know i grew up with from like a really rural north georgia blue collar kind of background so uh, and even more so like my uh, on my dad's side my grandfather who i never knew um but he died when he was you know in his 40s but he like he played on almost every single one of those those old famous like bluegrass records you know he mm, mm-hmm. he played on the Grand Ole Opry like every week he was like a kind of an icon in that old school like bluegrass kind of thing of like the you know late 50s 60s and so i had always kind of known that but like growing up in that you know it's like originally I was like a, a metalhead kid and it was like you know when you're young you kind of rail against the thing that you grow up around you know obviously all my family are into country and and it was like I wanted to do the exact opposite of that well you know, fast forward, we've already had like a a music career. We've toured, we've made albums, we've done this whole thing. And it was sort of like this, this sort of homecoming of like, okay, well, all that's over with. Now we're back home. And it was like this, I don't know, it was like a whole new world kind of opened up where it was like, wait a minute, there's, there's like, there's some magic uh, in this like setting. There's some magic Mm -hmm. in this music that, you know, we were so sort of or I was so inundated with as a kid, you know, bluegrass and and that kind of sort of Appalachia kind of thing. Yeah. Um. And so we really like, we really leaned into that and leaned into that like, well, well how can we, uh, how can we write songs and be songwriters like while sort of utilizing that lens, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's funny, no matter how hard
1: we try yeah, I mean, to do always, something in a certain way, <clears throat> it still just sounds like us, but, you know, it's hard to explain. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah it's It's awesome hey heck you know what at the end of this episode I'm gonna throw a song I'm gonna throw one of the songs in there and then it, folks man. can uh folks can hear it so Do it. uh now if you want to hear more, then you become a member of our patreon, a best mm-hmm. friend and uh depending on what you know tier you choose, you'll have access uh, to that music yeah, so Tyler and I were at my apartment, doing what we typically do, which was just like write songs. Mm-hmm. And we had written some song. And I don't even remember which one it was. But at this point, I think we'd actually recorded a fair amount of it. And we were like super excited about it, you know, like hyper. And, and that's one of the things that just happens to both of us is we just get super hyper, super excited about a song, especially when it's done and just letting people hear it. And so we had a At this part, I think you're going to have to take it away, because I don't remember
2: (laughs) what. Okay, so Woody had just gotten off work. I drove down to, you know, Gainesville, which was like 45 minutes away or whatever, to his little guest bedroom. We'd been working for three three or four or five hours, and we were like, hey, let's show Anne. And then I can't remember if it was you or I, but one of us said... Oh hey, let's uh, l- let's let's play her this this track, mm-hmm. like that that you had added on like a like a mixtape CD, yeah. And make her th- me- and see what she thinks. And it was like some sort of like drum and bass, like electronic beat kind of oh, thing. like we made like a joke song. It was like a joke song, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. He, he well, it was it was a already existing song, but like it just had like I think you just threw it in. Hour track or something something okay it was something i can't remember so exactly. like basically an acoustic song and all of a sudden it's like <laughs> something <laughs> like that yes yes okay um and you know we were you know we're, we're thinking like oh she you know she's, she's gonna, gonna, get gonna a, start get, laughing yeah she's gonna laugh and it's gonna be funny and yada yada because we the, just the nature of our relationship is always kind of that you know
0: yeah
2: uh and so we we you know, walk out into the living room, Woody has his, uh, you know, his laptop, and he's like, you know, we were both sort of like, really sort of amping it up, like, man, we're so excited, dude, we, we, uh, you know, we think this maybe like, we kind of made a breakthrough, we think this may be one of our best songs, and so we play it, and before we could even like, finish it, like, I don't even know how much of the our actual song came in, it was just like... <laughs> Just the beat, and hits spacebar, pauses the song, and says, "Yes, this is exactly the direction you guys need to be going. This is the best thing that you guys have done yet." My gosh, dude! And we're just sitting there, just the wind was just taken out of our sails, and the the
1: joke was on us. Yeah, and I remember just getting like, you know, now looking back though, maybe it would have been bad, eh? Yeah, yeah. But you know, I don't know, like. I remember being furious and then sort of just feeling like, later on, we'd see her just kind of like giving her group <laughs> and just be like, hey, yeah, you know, I mean, it's not because I think she could tell that we were pretty mad. She's like, you know, no, no, no I mean, guys, like what you had, like, I love that, blah, blah, blah. And, when, and, I would, and I would say something like, well, I guess I just put something in like Kid Rockers and like, cowboy. <laughs> oh, and
2: that man. became like the joke, like, anytime, yeah. you know, like we'd yeah, be like, man, hey, hey, and check out. Good. Check cow. out this new song. I mean, it's not cowboy, but it's <laughs> but it's still okay. Oh boy, man, that is a funny story. Yeah. Um, cowboy. anyway, so uh, getting back to Yoko Ono and why and all the many reasons I hate her. Um, no, I just got to say this before we move on to this second part. So I remember as a kid growing up and like you know he- hearing all these stories. And again, this is this is for all of us, all of us folks that that lived before the internet yeah you know so you would always hear like stories or you'd see clips on tv or whatever where like what we're talking about where yoko ono was kind of running the show and like sort of the the logic side of me always just kind of thought in the back of my mind well maybe she you know this is john lennon we're talking about you know this is like a certified genius songwriter a brilliant musician you know like one of the like an iconoclast and so like it was hard for me to to not think that there was like, okay, well... Some art it, involved. Yeah, the, like yeah. she has to be so amazing. And we're just not able to see that. Like we're... Like there has to be something that was so special about her and so artistically just brilliant that he was seeing that maybe the public and fans like us were not seeing. Well, then years later... We would see, like, you know, there's a famous clip. Uh, I think it may have been D- Dick Cabot, another one where they're playing with like Chuck Berry. Mm. And That's oh my God, dude. I mean, she literally has not an ounce, yeah. not a drop of talent. She's literally just screaming over, again, jo- John Lennon, and then beside him, you know, like, early rock and roll, like, blues, like, Chuck <laughs> Berry. yeah. Legendary. Arguably, and, probably, like, in the Beatles' minds, create, like, motivated them to become musicians. Because oh, of his music, yeah. You know? 100%, yeah. And she's just screaming. And then, you know, as the internet would come out, you, you know, we, you know, unfortunately had the opportunity to hear, like, like, her solo stuff and, and you know, her, you know, contributions onto, like, those Lennon records, and it's just like, This, like, what, what, I mean, it really does feel like, like. He had to just be, like, straight up in love, man, for whatever reason. Yeah, but, But, I mean. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, all that being said. So, what we've we've established so far, John Lennon and his assistant, May Pang, uh, on their last weekend, they saw a UFO. It was 100 feet away. They both uh, corroborated the same events. You know, they would all happen the same. I think he went on to draw, like, a sketch of it that would end up, ah, it's like in some somebody's big, like, collection. I can't remember. I, I just remember reading this whenever I first heard about this several years ago. But there there was sort of this aspect of it. Well, now enter a guy called Yuri Geller. He's an Israeli-born, you know, psychic. He's sort of really heavy into, uh, you know, bending spoons. And a lot of the sort of early days of, like, like. You know, well, not early days, because that would be sort of the spiritualist movement era. But like, you know, he, like in this, you know, 70s, he was like going on sh- late shows, bending spoons and and he, which sounds kind of silly. But you would find out later that he was actually involved in a lot of the remote viewing stuff, hmm. like, you know, with like the like CIA and and um, I don't think it was Project Looking Glass, but well maybe it was. Where he would come in, and he was—I think he played like kind of a leadership role to a lot of these remote viewers, where um, they were basically sort of astral projecting or channeling these these locations and places. Where so remote viewing—if you don't know—real, you know, real quickly, you would have these people who were sort of psi enabled, if you will, where they they would give them a. Like a location of a place, uh, they would give them like people's names, faces, or whatever, and then have them like, it would kind of go into like a quote unquote like trance type fugue state, and they would um, basically remote into these locations. Well, what was cool about this is like, and, and I'm kind of going off topic a little bit, but what I just have to say, what was cool about this is as it went on, they were finding that. I mean, it was getting wild. Like, they were starting to, like, remote view, like, onto, like, locations on the moon and, like, Hmm. weird stuff. And then they started messing around with, like, and finding out that, like, oh, well, it's not only... They're not only remote viewing into these, like, locations, but now they're also able to sort of move around on, like, the timeline. So it's like they're able to move forward and backward in time for these locations, too. It gets real heavy and... And I promise you, we're going to have like a, <laughs> a full episode on. Yeah. But anyway, just just to let you know that like Uri Geller is, a lot of people would call him a charlatan at the time, but he did have a lot of legitimacy when it came to, you know, the people that that had all the money and these sort of black projects and U.S. military. You know, they at least those people believed in him enough to have him head up a lot of these programs. Yeah. All that to say. He was uh, because of his um, sort of celebrity that he had he had sort of created. He was on all these shows. He was on like the the Dick, uh, not Dick Van Dyke, but like like I've said, the the Dick Cavett show. I guess I guess the seventies that would have been um, maybe Johnny Carson. Yeah, maybe I guess maybe uh, all those like sort of late shows. He had kind of become a celebrity, so that's how he had connection to a lot of these people. And what's cool is like. He he, kind of, and especially at the time, you got to think, like this guy was looked at as like sort of, almost like a mystic, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, of course, people like John Lennon would probably gravitate to someone like that. So they were, they were pretty close friends. Um, but in his collection, you know, it's like he has like Salvador Dali's crystal ball. He has like a guitar that Mick Jagger gave him, Muhammad Ali's boxing gloves. He has like, a legitimate collection of just just being a celebrity through the the years. Yeah. Well, he was actually really close to John Lennon. He actually has, like, a pair of his, like, round glasses. Uh, He has, like, his hair. Um, Uh, That's weird. Well, but, I mean, I think you got to think, like, uh, it was probably John Lennon giving him this stuff, thinking, like, from the sort of mystic, esoteric side, Mm -hmm. you know. And so... What's crazy, though, is... So, he also lived in New York. This was, like, several weeks later, I think, after after the UFO encounter. He lived in New New York City um, in the Dakota building. And he got a call at 3 in the morning. And it was John Lennon. And he said, you've got to meet me. Uh, Something happened to me. And I, I know it's late, but no, 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 no. You've got to come. And so... Yuri Geller would get up and he would, he would meet him at his hotel that he was staying at uh, and he said when he, he got there Lennon was, was like super pale and shaking and he thought something had happened to him mm-hmm. uh, he's like you know what happened what happened and he said he reached into his pocket and he pulls out this little item and he hands it to him and it's this tiny little like egg. He tells him that when he was lying in his bed, suddenly a strobing spear of light appeared and an extra, extraterrestrial hand kind of stretched out and gave him this object. Geller admits uh, that his first questions, you know, was obviously like, hey, man, what are you on? Like, like, been yeah, smoking, yeah. You uh, some but yeah, yeah. But he swore over and over and over that. No, no, no. This 100 percent happened. Uh, this is for real and he said he asked yuri geller to to like to hang on to it and he said it's not a rock nobody knows really what it's made of um and you know like i guess still to this day yuri geller gets tons and tons and tons of emails and like funnily enough like out of his whole long career of of, of you know everything that he did the number one question is what was the egg? What was it made of? And it's pretty, it is pretty, like, sort of obscure, like, of a story because you mm-hmm. still never really, like, you still never really find out, like, what it was. Like, it doesn't even, it, it it's like the story just kind of ends there. Like, and he, he never really goes into, like, what it was, what it was made out of, what it looked like. But it is this sort of, like, obscure kind of, like, urban legend that, yeah, you know, John Lennon saw this UFO and then a couple weeks later would meet with Gallery Geller and would hand him this cosmic egg that he claimed was given to him by extraterrestrials. Weird, man. And, like, is it something that, uh, you know, people can see or does he have like a... <sighs> no, I don't think so. I think it, it was just like sort of a story that maybe he, he told you know, years ago, and it just, like, he, and I think that was part of it, too, is John Lennon felt that, like, hey, you need to hang on to this because, I don't know, He, I, I've, I've heard it elsewhere, too, that, like, there was a little bit of, like, fear, I think, from mm. John Lennon mm-hmm. as to, like, I don't know what this is. I don't necessarily, like, want to be the one that's hanging on to it, and so... <laughs> yeah. What's interesting too is like he didn't even he Yuri Geller wouldn't even come out and and talk about any of this publicly until after John Lennon passed away. Wow. But I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. I know we're both uh, pretty big Beatles fans, especially you. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, i never heard of that, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the the UFO one is uh a little obscure, but the egg one is I mean, it could all be fake. could all be totable, yeah. but And so I see this picture of Yuri holding this golden egg. I don't think that he's ever showed it. That could just be some, like, a publicity Thing. kind of deal. Because I don't think he's ever even explained, like, what it even looks like. Weird, man. Yeah. So weird. Um, but look, man,
1: um, like we said earlier in the show, we are kind of um, pinched for time. Mm-hmm. And so, first and foremost, like you said also, man thank you to everybody that has been sending us sort of uh, or sending us messages um, and keeping us in your thoughts and your good vibes and your prayers and your whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, even though we may not be able to respond super quickly, you know, it it definitely means the world to us. I mean, for real, like when you're kind of, as all of you know, because we all go through things, it can feel chaotic and uh, kind of, Never ending in a way, and so to be kind of being able to ground yourself with some familiarity with people sending those kind of messages of, of love and support, just it's it's just amazing. So, yeah, thank up. you. And then next week we will definitely return with a full fledged official episode that we already have uh, mm-hmm. planned out and ready to rock, and it's amazing. And I'm so glad. See, it's going to be one of those things where I bring it to the show, and okay. Tyler doesn't know much about it, so I'm excited about that.
2: I like it. I like it. Uh, If you want to find us, you can jump on over to Instagram. That's where the bulk of our, you know, I guess social media presence is. Uh, Jump in the comment section, join the family. Uh, The water's fine. If you have some stuff you want to tell us that you don't necessarily want to have, you know, public in the comment section, shoot us a DM. If it's more of a long form thing and you're more of an email, Jesus, email person, uh, shoot it on over to that would be radpod at gmail.com but what's even more cool than all those things is our website that would be radpodcast.com where you can get on up there and leave a five star review you can jump on any of the numerous podcatchers to listen to any of our episodes all the things there and you can actually leave a voice recording or like a voice memo uh, directly to the site where you're telling your story you know, of an urban legend that you remember maybe from the eighties, or maybe your own paranormal sort of story that you've, or scenario that you've caught yourself in. We love to hear that stuff. And uh, we, the more the merrier, we welcome all that kind of stuff. Also, if you're just not getting enough from the main feed, join our Patreon, The Rabbit Trail, like what he said earlier, there's many tiers, you know, to fit your financial situation. But boy, do we appreciate it! It means mm-hmm. so much to us. It helps us. It uh, it's sort of that like real time, physical way of showing like your support for you know creators these days. Uh, and so everybody that's a member of the Rabbit Trail, we love you so much. It means the world to us. Absolutely. Um, you got anything else, Woody? I think that's it, man. I think I may actually try to catch the new Dungeons and Dragons movie. So jealous, man! I know you should be. Uh, but anyway. We're, we're glad to at least you know be able to talk to you guys for a little bit and kind of explain the situation. and we, we again, again, we want to apologize for a little bit of the radio silence because it's just been crazy around here, but I think we're all somewhat landing on our feet, and um, you know we're looking forward to get back to a consistent weekly basis thing. You got anything else, Woody? That's it, man. Okay, pal. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you already asking that question. So. <laughs> I love doing it because I feel like you're just sort of lulled by my uh-huh. by yeah. my diatribe here at the end. And then it's like when I ask you that, it's like you just sort of snap out of it.
1: Yeah. Huh? Uh, uh, no,
2: no, <laughs> I really don't. No. We love you. We appreciate you. And as always, be
0: rad. That's the way it
2: Dude, what dude. about that Yuri Geller story,
1: man? That's weird, man. I'd never heard of that, man.
0: Yeah, it's I don't weird, even, man. I've never even heard of that
1: guy's name. Here's the part of the reason why, though, is because like after I was a huge fan of the Beatles, but I wasn't really ever a humongous fan of like John Lennon Yeah. solo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some great songs, but I, you know, I preferred like Paul McCartney and Wings. Oh, over. dude, Wings had some great yeah, songs. Yeah, man. And I mean, like that, I, I, I know <clears throat> we've talked about this a Definitely don't think we've talked about it on the show, but I could be wrong. It just rings a bell. But, you know, that first tour Wings did in America, before they, like, even booked a lot of venues and stuff, they would just travel around and yeah. play in high school parking lots, bro. Yeah. So imagine being a high schooler. Only, like, a mm-hmm. year or two after the Beatles' final yeah. album, basically. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you hear this like music coming out in the parking lot. You're like, "What's going on, man? That sounds pretty cool." Freaking Paul McCartney's out there. Well,
2: and also he, I, I another little fun fact. I think he would actually not really wear like a disguise, but I, I think like you know because nobody knew what was going on really. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have the internet, this, so yeah, like exactly he'd have like a like a hat and like the collar pulled up on his jacket and like mm-hmm. the beard and everything. And like you know, for the long, I, I would imagine like people showing up to like. Watch this musician play. It's like you're just not thinking. Oh, that's that's Paul McCartney because he's got glasses and a hat and everything. And like, just imagine how bad that would be to like be watching a show and then about the second song in, you're like, wait a minute, who does, who's who is this? Who does this sound like? And then realizing, oh my god, it's Paul McCartney. Yeah, no kidding, I mean, man. It's that's incredible. Amazing. Yeah.